Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast. I'm Michelle Kane, your co-host and founder of World of Vegan. And I'm Tony Okamoto, founder of Plant Based on a Budget and Food Sharing Vegan. On this show, we talk with plant-powered people from all around the world about various aspects of plant-based living to empower you, dear listener, to learn, explore, and evolve in a kind, sustainable, and healthy direction, all while eating the most delicious food and having a ton of fun. We are so excited to bring on Freya Cox, who, who you may know from the Great British Baking Show, which is all the rage. And she recently came out with a cookbook called Simply Vegan Baking, which has so many different tips for baking vegan. And she is such a blast to chat with. I have been a longtime fan of the Great British Bake Off. So this is an exciting moment to bring Freya on. It was like groundbreaking to have a vegan contestant on the show, the first ever. Plus, she was only 19 when she was on the show. And she just has such a fascinating story. So she's going to share her story. Some, If you're a Great British Bake Off fan, she's going to give you some behind the scenes information. This is really fascinating and also share lots of vegan baking tips. So we're so thrilled to have her on. And then a quick note, her book is amazing, Simply Vegan Baking. It's so good. You should definitely check it out. If you are a novice baker in the US who uses cups to measure things, um, her her baking book uses measurements by weight. So that might be a little bit confusing for you. Just a heads up. But her book is amazing. We will link it in the show notes. And without further ado, we're excited to talk to Freya. Before we jump in, we'd like to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Caraway Home, which really couldn't be more perfectly suited for this episode all about baking because Caraway makes the most beautifully crafted cookware and bakeware that's elegantly designed. It's eco-friendly. It is magically nonstick while being non-toxic. And Tony and I just absolutely adore them. All of their pans and bakingware come with these brilliant storage systems. So If you, like me, get frustrated trying to pull out your pans while they're all clanking around and you're just trying to cook, this is a perfect solution. They are so beautiful that I actually store mine on my countertop, which really does keep me extra inspired to cook. And Caraway's holiday season event has been extended. So right now you can get an extra special up to 20% off all their products on their non-toxic cookware set, their new food storage containers, their stunning brand new tea kettle, mini cookware, and beyond. You can visit carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long, so hurry, hurry, hurry. Visit carawayhome.com to shop all their incredible products. Thank you, Caraway. And now enjoy the show. Hi, Freya. Welcome to the Plant Powered People podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on your new book. It is so, so beautiful. I was looking through it yesterday with Michelle and I was salivating over everything. There are a few things that I want to make immediately. And I feel like everyone's going to get some vegan baked goods for Christmas this year from your book. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, thank you so much. The the photos are just amazing. The photographer that I had was just so incredible, but I just absolutely adore like every single recipe and I'm just so proud of it. Tony was so funny last night as we were talking about your episode and then we'd be talking about something in the episode and suddenly she'd be like, oh my God, but this one looks so good as she was flipping <laughs> through your book. 
I'm so excited to have you on. It's really extra special because my hubby and I have been watching The Great British Bake Off for years. It's been like the one of the few shows that we both come together and like equally adore. When you came on the show, I'm sure every vegan on planet Earth who saw that was just like, Oh my God, it was such a freak out amazing moment to have a vegan baker finally for the first time appear on the Great British Bake Off. And you killed it. You did so well. It was just so exciting. I was cheering you on, had some teary moments in there too. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just such a wholesome show, isn't it? I just, there's no way anybody could not like that show. And it was just like the best thing I've ever done. It was like such an incredible experience, if not a little bit sad. (laughs) Yes, yes. We can't wait to dive in. I have so many questions. But we want to start with your background. So how did you get into vegan baking? How long have you been baking? How long were you baking before you went on the show? And what was it like going on as a vegan baker? Yeah, so basically, I've been vegan for about two and a half years now, just over. And so I've baked pretty much all of my life. So like I baked when I was young with my gran, got into that. And then I sort of like fell, fell out of it a little bit. I've always loved it, but I've done like various different things. I did gymnastics for ages. And then when I like first decided to go vegan, to basically my dad's been vegan for about seven years. So when I decided to, I then was a little bit, there's so many more now. But when I first went vegan, I was a bit like, mm, there's not that many cakes. I'll get into it and do it myself. And then I really fell back in love with baking. I would do it all of the time. And then, especially once I applied for the show, that's when I got significantly better. Because when I applied, I'd never made bread or anything like that. And see, it was just like a huge learning curve for me. And I just massively fell in love with it. And it just made me love being vegan even more. And yeah, it's just like a huge passion of mine. And yeah, it was just an incredible experience. Okay, so we're going to dive into all of that. But I want to go back to this. Your dad inspired you to go vegan because from our experience on this podcast, it's usually the other way around. Like the kids, the younger people are trying to inspire their parents to go vegan. And it's just a long, hard journey. So it's so cool that it was the other way around for you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so for sure. My dad is honestly such like an incredible person. He's just like so inspiring. He's just like really like a step forward of everybody else. So like, yeah, it's it's crazy. He's been vegan for seven years. And now looking back, I'm like, Freya, what are you doing? Why didn't you go vegan when he first went vegan? But I was a lot younger then, you know, we're all a bit, you know, naive at first as well. But yeah, he just sort of like really fell in love with it. He first went vegan to lose weight. And then like a lot of people, I think when you first go vegan, you then massively dive in, you research more and you get so into it. And then like my best friend at home, she's been vegan for like six years. And now loads of my family, it's been like a domino effect. My auntie, everyone's kind of like followed on. But I was so lucky to have my dad be vegan first because it was just like, a much easier transition for me because obviously it was already cooking a lot of vegan things. But for anybody like at home that's like hoping to inspire their parents to try it as well, my mum's now gone vegan because I went vegan. So power through, you're going to get there. Well, especially if they have your bakes around. <laughs> what, yeah, was the, yeah, sure. what was the moment when you went vegan? Like, did you have that light bulb moment that some people talk about? Yeah, so the story is actually quite fun. It's relatively brutal, but I have quite like a brutal relationship with my friends. We're all very honest. But I was going through like a, a drive-through fast food place, and 
we were all there. So my friend was vegan, then our other friend was vegetarian and I was getting like a chicken burger. And then they both kind of just turned to me and just said very like outright, oh, so an animal's just died for that. And I was very much just a bit like I was slightly taken aback, but then also I really needed to hear that because I was like, I just had never really acknowledged this before. I can't remember in the moment if I did ever even eat the chicken burger. And then after that, I was like, oh, no, I need to take a step back and research into this. And then I just did. And I fell in love with it. And I wish I'd gone vegan sooner. It's so interesting because I had a very similar experience with what made me vegetarian. When I was eight years old, I was eating lamb. And my mom was like, that's like the lamb that just died in the movie you were watching. And it just it's crazy because obviously meat comes from animals and the animals have died and were killed. But like the disconnect in our brains from just being raised this way and never really making that connection, something as simple that a com- as a comment that is so obvious that you already know can just trigger you to finally focus on it. So that is that is very relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, it is a really mad concept, isn't it? But I think like as humans, we're, you know, like ignorance is bliss, isn't it? But, and it's nobody's fault. You know, like I always say that I'm not like a really preachy type person. I think everybody is just trying the best. But I think once you do make that connection, I really think it's difficult to look back. Agreed. Okay, so you loved baking. You started baking with your gram, your dad, went vegan, you went vegan, you were making amazing bakes. When did you know you wanted to go on the Great British Bake Off? And then how does that process look? Like, I don't even know how you apply for that and then getting on it. Sorry, I just wanted to chime in and say, I also think it's incredibly inspiring too, because you are a regular person living your regular life. And then you became a a superstar through this. So I feel like it's inspiring for people who have a passion to explore and take steps out of their comfort zone and put themselves out there and see where it leads. Yeah, I know. I really appreciate that. Like it does mean a lot. And I do think like if people have like a passion, I really would say try and follow it the best that you can, because I remember when I said that I was first applying, you know, like my mum, she like never wants me to be disappointed or anything. She was like, oh, frame, you know, maybe do it because the likelihood of you getting on the show, very minimal, especially with the vegan thing, because we were a bit like, are they going to be okay with that? And like, I'm so thankful that I did, you know, that I like took that risk because I think you've got to be willing that some things will pay off and some won't. And yeah, it was one of the best decisions I've made. But basically the, yeah, so applying, I've always loved the show, watched it since I was really young, I've since it started. And then when I was watching the 2020 season, so the year before me, I was sat there and like every week I was just like, why is nobody doing this vegan? Like this would be so exciting, it'd be so progressive. Like I think a lot of people would be you know, inspired by it and maybe like open people's eyes. And then I thought, wait a minute, don't be the type of person that sits around and is like, why is no one doing it? I was like, I'll do it. So very impulsively decided I was going to apply. I didn't think anything of it. I sent the application in the night before the applications closed. I just never really thought anything more about it because I struggled to see many people apply thinking they're actually going to get on the show, which I could be wrong. But yeah, it was very sort of like an impulse decision. And then, yeah, they they just seemed to really like the idea and they were all really supportive. And yeah, the people were amazing. Wow. Okay. So... I have two questions. One, I want to know how that felt when you got like the call back. First of all, when you apply, what do you do to apply? Do you send in like videos or a written application? And then when you got that call that you were going to be on the show, like tell us that moment. 
how vegan did you say you were in the application? Were you like, I'm going to do this all vegan, 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 vegan? Or were you really subtle and then you dropped it on them later? Yeah, so basically a little bit of both. So I'd been vegan maybe like a year and a bit when I like applied. So I hadn't been vegan that long. So I certainly wasn't as vegan as I am now. I get more vegan by the day for sure. But so it's like a written application that you just send in. And I did, but I've made the vegan thing very clear. I, I wasn't sort of like pushing it on them, but I was like making it clear that that's all I bake is vegan things. And yeah, the callback was just really exciting. They actually rang me back on my birthday, which was like a rogue coincidence. Oh my um, gosh. So that was like the, the excitement of, was I 18? No, it must be, I must be 19. Yeah, that was like the excitement of my 19th birthday. But I also am quite one of them people that I, re- I hate disappointment. So I was kind of a bit like, ah, oh, well, like they're just ringing, but like nothing's going to happen. So you don't just ring and then they're like, you're on the show. So I wasn't overly one of them people that like gets ahead of myself. But yeah, it, it, was, it was an amazing feeling to get the call back, even if it was just for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, no, Freya, calm down, get over it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you talk so much about how like the greatest thing you can get out of the show is to just, even if just one person feels inspired to go vegan. And I think obviously you've probably inspired a million people (laughs) to try vegan baking, which is so cool, but it would be so rad to get even more bakers on the show. So what tips do you have for any vegan bakers out there for applying or just any tips you have to get them potentially on the show do you think they'll bring on more baker more vegan bakers or was this a one and done situation what's your thought yeah I'm not really sure because obviously they've announced the new bakers this year and nobody seems to be vegan obviously the show hasn't started but yeah I'm assuming nobody is because it doesn't seem to have been like made apparent but with regards to that yeah you know I I think if people are really passionate about baking especially like vegan baking and they'd love to go on the show like don't let anything stop you And I think as well, I love that you're starting to see so many more people that are just getting into baking and using like social media platforms and things like that. And there's so many more vegan recipes about in like magazines and things. And I definitely do think it is starting to be pushed. And yeah, I think people are just like really falling in love with it. And maybe they're acknowledging it's like not as difficult as you'd expect. It's, you know, faff free. So yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction for sure. Okay. So you're getting ready for the show. How do you prepare? The challenges are already crazy, right? And so hard. And yet you added another layer to make everything vegan. Like how much time did you have to prepare for the signature bakes and the showstopper challenges and all that? And, And how did it all go for you? Yeah, so I'll be honest, I was still at university and I was looking after animals at home and I was also working a job. So I was very kind of stretching myself thin. I actually sat two exams, two uni exams whilst I was there filming the show. It was like the first ever practice day that we had. Everyone went into the practice tent and I was like, all right, I'm going back to my room to do a a uni exam. So even the run up to the show preparing, I was very stressed out. So I was trying to revise for them and do my work. So yeah, it was quite hectic, but also at the same time, I think at that point I couldn't really stress about it too much because I had so much going on. But the preparation, yeah, it was really intense. And I think everybody finds it really overwhelming, you know, like when we all discuss back, because obviously you can't speak to any of the bakers before you're on the show. You don't know anybody. Everyone has that feeling of, 
I am not good enough to be on this show. Like you're preparing and you're like, no, no, this is mental. But then I think when you think about the challenges, like the biscuit toy, nobody at home is sat there like, yes, this is breezy. So you've got to just acknowledge it's already difficult and everyone at home knows that. A hundred percent. And you were the youngest person on on the show, right? Or on on your season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was the youngest. That is crazy that you were doing uni at the same time and had exams and stuff. I, I mean, I'm honestly getting anxiety right now thinking about it. <laughs> but I mean, as a viewer of the show, you can't help but feeling the anxiety just by watching. And even like a lot of I think the interest in the show is you're just putting yourself in in your shoes, what it felt like to be there and all the pressure trying to bake this cake or whatever you're making. Um, it's its a lot. I can't imagine having school at the same time of that. Did, were there any moments where you felt like your morals were clashing against what you were doing there or what you were asked to do there? Or even just like, okay, I could totally win this challenge if I can make this cake not vegan or make this, I keep saying cake, but this whatever, not vegan. And here's this like really big obstacle that could send me home. Did you have those moral clash moments? Nearly every challenge, I was like, this would definitely be easier if it was non-vegan. But I never had a point where I considered going against my morals and no point was I like why well, I'm gonna go against what I believe in and not make it vegan because I was like first of all I would never go against my morals but second how can I expect anybody at home to respect that you know I was like I totally understand everybody's views but if I'm there saying I'd really like to promote this it's too confusing to then go back on yourself um but I remember the the very, very first challenge was like mini rolls, which is usually like a Genoese sponge, which is like whipped like eggs and that kind of thing. And honestly, I must have practiced them 25 times. Cries, mm, probably 20 out of the 25. It was a total disaster. In the end, they actually really quite liked them. They turned out really pretty. But oh, it was a, it was a total breakdown because I was like... I'm just not even going to get through the first challenge anymore. But then after that, you know, like it, it did get a bit easier. But yeah, a lot of the challenges I was just there thinking to myself, oh, this would be easier. But, you know, I knew that. I think most people said that. They were like, oh, like, this is so much harder being done vegan. So I was like, well, I am bringing this on myself. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you hear so many people at the end of the show say, I am so burnt out on baking. I just am not going to be for a while. But you did the opposite. You wrote a cookbook. You're constantly recipe testing, recipe sharing and making new things. So it clearly it didn't totally break your baking spirit. <laughs> but those moments, not only on, I mean, on the show, they're escalated. But for anyone who's baking at home, you have those moments where you're making something and it just doesn't turn out and it's totally deflating. And I could see how some people would just walk away. So how do you get through those periods of things not working out? And then I guess you have the experience of those moments where they finally do. And that obviously feels really good, right? Yeah, I think the show made me just even more passionate about baking. And when I came out straight away, I was like, before Bake Off was even aired, I was like, I really want to write a book because I'm like passionate about promoting like how easy and how good vegan baking can be to everybody and I, I don't know I say this this is like when people say to me what's like your biggest advice it's just that you can't be disheartened by things you know being a bit of a disaster because like I think on week four I'd made a pavlova and I wasn't quite as up to scratch my pavlova recipe in my book now is, is 10 10 but this one wasn't and it was a total shambles 
but yeah, we've all just got to be like very aware of like the trial and error and persisting with things because you got to remember like how good it feels when things turn out well. Yeah, I just, my passion was like even bigger after the show. Whereas I think a lot of people, like you say, are a bit like, right, I'm over this now. I need a break. One of the things that's interesting, I get, Tony and I both get so many cookbooks in the mail and I'll often make the recipes or test the recipes or we'll share a sample recipe on World of Vegan and we always test it first. And it blows my mind how many of the recipes don't turn out because I think when you're cooking on your own, you just assume if I make this and it turns out well for me, it's a recipe that works and it will work for everyone else. And one of the gifts I think you're getting from this experience is knowing when you make something once at home, it won't necessarily turn out perfectly the next time you make it and how many rounds of testing and perfecting you need to have like a totally foolproof recipe that if you go in that tent and follow it, it will be a plus plus plus. And so in your book, like as you carry that forward and anything you create, it's going to be so valuable because your recipes will be foolproof, which doesn't exist in many places in the cookbook space I've found. I'm curious how, how many times is the most you've tested a recipe. You mentioned 25 earlier. Have you ever done 30 or 40? I know that sometimes it can be a challenge to make it exact, an exact replica of something that has eggs and dairy. Have you had that experience where it's just some insane number? The mini rolls, like the Swiss rolls, was definitely the most that I did because I I just wish I'd had like more time because like I said, I was like juggling uni and other things as well. I really just was stretched thin. A lot of them, I must have practiced once. You know, I was like, I need to do this more, but I just couldn't find the time. When I was writing my book, I did uh, quite a few of the recipes a lot, but the mini rolls at about 25 was definitely where I maxed out because... The thing about my book was like I was doing things that I like really loved and I already like really believed in things. Whereas the show, you obviously can't decide what you're doing. So you're doing these wild things that nobody else is doing. What were your favorite bakes, either in the tent or just like in your book in general, best bakes you've ever made that are must tries for people? So probably my favorite cake that I made. Um, So... My favorite recipe from the book probably is the cake that's on the front cover. It's like a Black Forest Gatter. And it's very similar, like a bit of a take on the cake that I made in week one for the showstopper. Paul really loved that cake. I love it. I'm convinced it's the best chocolate cake ever. But I also make these mint chocolate chip ice cream sandwiches in the book, which are so, so simple to make. And I had like my whole team there when I was shooting pictures for my book. Everyone was just going mental for them. Like, I don't understand how these are vegan. My photographer sent me a picture the other week. She'd remade the recipe. So I really love them. I just love one of those things where people are like, what's going on here? How is this vegan? Because I still hate that it's still, a lot of people are fine with things being vegan, but they're like, it is fine, but it's not as good. And I hate that. I'm like, no, it is as good. That's that's what I'm trying to give off. And that's what I hope with all of these recipes that people would be like, yeah, that's just as good as normal. As for the bake-off, I think the biscuit toy horse that I did, like the rocking horse was my favorite because I still can't really believe that that worked. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I feel kind of proud of myself. I'm not really that type of person that's like, oh, go me. I'm really proud of myself. But I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, it does look cool. Yeah, you should become that person because you are a total badass. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
did did anyone in the tent or that you became friends with or you know Paul Prue did anyone get inspired to try more vegan baking and do they share that with you like what impact are you seeing ripple out not only from the whole world but from those who are in the tent well it's really funny because obviously when we were like doing Bake Off we were like locked down because it was still during COVID Um, and Chigs from Bake Off while I was there after like you know like a few days and things he then was like I'm just gonna eat vegan like while you're here and he did like as far as I'm aware like when we were sat together like eating meals and things he like always got the vegan option which was just the sweetest ever and he was just like oh I just feel like a bit inspired about it and he has you know he's not vegan now he hasn't carried it on but in that moment it like felt really good that people you know, saw what I was doing and was saw like how passionate about it I was. Um, Lizzie's really funny because obviously we're very close. She like does occasionally make vegan things, especially if I'm like coming over, she might like bake something. You know, she's definitely not going there. You know, she's not like a a keen vegan, but she can she can appreciate it, and I always think that's sweet. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, and I love that about Chigs. That's so cool. Can you just give? for anyone who's a big show fan, a little peek behind the scenes of what's happening off camera. Like where's, where's everyone staying? What are you eating? Do you have a chef that's preparing all your food for you off camera? Or do you like go away and then just come back for a recording? Like, how does that all look? Yeah. So cause it was COVID, we were in like a hotel. That's obviously not like how they usually film it. It was just because obviously you couldn't be like going back and come in because lockdown and things and yeah we had like a catering team there which was some of the best food I've ever eaten in my entire life cried obviously when I was leaving because it was sad but could have cried an extra three days just for the lack of that food because it was so good that's I totally get that what were like your biggest struggles with vegan baking either on the show or just as you were just transitioning to vegan baking at home and how did you overcome them yeah, so especially on the show, I really had to get to grips with the whole meringue aquafaba thing. That was a little bit chaos. But after I practiced a long time, I love the pavlova recipe. Yeah, another thing that I struggled with was I still haven't quite mastered the whole shoe pastry shebang. I don't know if anybody really has at this point. Because obviously the the egg yolk replacement is still not quite there. Egg whites, we've all mastered that. Egg yolk, I think, you know, I'm sure science is going to get there at some point. So we're just holding out for that. And I think other than that, I really feel like there's not many things that you can't make just as good. I like, especially now I've practiced things so much, I very rarely go to make something. Oh, actually saying that, I really wanted to put a flourless chocolate cake in my book. Oh, it was a nightmare. It exploded in the oven about three times. Absolutely horrendous. I'd send pictures to Lizzie all the time, like mm, currently having a breakdown. So that one's still a work in progress. But other than that, I stand by it. Everything is just as good vegan. So I would love to chat with you about the more practical side of things because I am not a baker. And uh, when Michelle and I were writing our cookbook a few years ago, I just couldn't get it together because in the kitchen, I take shortcuts. I don't really pay that much attention. And with baking, you have to be more precise and thoughtful about what you're using. And so for people like me who are listening, I'd love for you to talk about the practical side of things once you're home, once you have 
your pantry staples. And I read in your book that you really tried to focus with your cookbook, making sure that everything was available at a regular large grocery store, which I personally appreciate. So you don't have to put in any specialty orders. Um, But let's start with egg substitutes. And you mentioned earlier, there's not a really good one for yolk substitute, but what about the egg whites? How are you replacing egg whites? And also how are you replacing when it calls for one egg in a cookbook or two eggs? Yeah. So basically this is probably one of like my most asked questions. So the replacement for egg whites, aquafaba, which is the water from a can of chickpeas, which, you know, really is like an incredible sort of replacement, especially if you get a good quality can of chickpeas and the liquid is nice and thick. If it's really watery, you can always reduce it down on the hob, get rid of some of that extra water. I think that is, yeah, it works so well. If you whip it up with a little bit of cream of tartar, there's loads of tips like that in my book as well. But as for an egg replacement, and I always say this, I'm not really a big fan of like chia eggs, flax eggs, anything like that. And I think a a big difficulty that people find, I get this question a lot is, you know, people say, I had this recipe, say a normal recipe, and it says like four eggs. And then they're like, oh, I just got this egg replacement and use like the equivalent of four. And it's like, that is very, very rarely going to work out. My replacement generally is like soya milk with something acidic like apple cider vinegar. But you know, it's it's similar, but it, it's a vegan recipe. It's not trying to make a normal recipe and like replace those eggs directly. It's kind of trying to move away from them because I love the idea that we're not directly replacing the eggs because we don't even need the eggs anymore. You know, like my recipes, are, I really try to show that, that it's like the eggs are actually completely irrelevant. And it stops that again, because I am a bit of a budget queen. It stops things being madly expensive, because sometimes these egg replacements are crazy money. And I always use the own brand soy milk. And it ends up, you know, like, just as cheap, if not cheaper. And we're not doing anything crazy. Like you were saying, I really like the accessibility of big supermarkets, because no one wants to be going to these, like, crazy niche whole food stores to find things. We're trying to make this accessible for everybody. Well, I appreciate that you're thoughtful about the accessibility and the budget friendliness. So thank you for that. Uh, So I just want to be clear. You don't usually, like if you personally have a a favorite cookbook from your pre-vegan days and there was a baking recipe that you loved, you wouldn't do an exact egg replacement. So use whatever, maybe store-bought egg replacer for the three eggs in there. And then vegan butter, just use swap vegan butter for the regular butter and and things like that. So you wouldn't do the exact, you would kind of play it by ear. So basically I love to take inspiration from people's recipes, but I very rarely sort of just directly change things so butter to vegan butter yes all for it just directly replace it works exactly the same love that same with like chocolate obviously you know vegan chocolate works exactly the same but when it comes to eggs it's the one thing I'm like you really need to be careful and I've now figured out my quantities of soy milk to apple cider vinegar to replace the eggs so I would use that as somewhat of a direct replacement but not a shop-bought egg replacement or chia eggs or flax eggs because I just don't think they work the same. Awesome. And if somebody is wanting to do this at home, in your cookbook, do you have the measurements for 
the things you've found that work the best in terms of aquafaba or soy milk and um, something acidic? Yeah. So I've got loads of tips at the start of, so the cakes, I explain about the eggs um, later on in the pavlova and have loads of extra little tips at the side and just loads of things that I've picked up along the way that I think people maybe like wouldn't know straight off the bat. Um, but yeah, it's filled with loads of advice and yeah, just different things that I found work the best. Awesome. So everybody who's listening, make sure you pick up Simply Vegan Baking <laughs> so you can get all of those tips. Uh, you you mentioned vegan butter is a, a direct replacement. And it's so funny because I'm not a baker. And so I usually keep tubs of vegan butter in my house instead of baking sticks. And after so many recipes tested that Michelle had created that were uh, baked goods. I don't remember how she did it, but she was like, oh yeah, something, something, just chop this part of the stick because they're pre-measured. And I was like, what? Because I had been measuring, using a measuring cup, all of the vegan butter from the tub, but it was such a, in retrospect, no brainer to use sticks for baking instead of butter from a tub yeah I always say this as well that I love the like block stick vegan butters because especially if you're making icing like buttercream you do not want to be using the spready stuff I get this question all the time people like my buttercream's runny it's like running off the cakes I'm like you can't use the spready stuff it's so soft um so yeah any form of block like stick always my go-to good to know and you mentioned soy milk a couple times can you use any plant-based milk or do you usually stick with soy milk in baking? Like, can you use rice milk, for example, or oat milk, or is it that soy milk works the best as a direct replacement? So basically what I go by, if I'm making an actual cake, it's always soy milk because the protein content is higher, makes a fluffier cake. I know a lot of people that use things like almond milk where it's like significantly more watery and their cakes come out flat. So yeah, if you're doing a cake, try your best to use soy milk because it's higher in protein. But if you're doing things like cookies, brownies, blondies, that kind of thing that you're not looking for like a, a good rise and things, then it's fair game. You know, you can use whichever milk that you want. And I put that in my book as well. Some recipes will say plant milk, which so you can just use whichever. Whereas the cakes, I will always write soy milk. Um, and something that I just found majorly from trial and error, because in recipes like cookies and things, the milk is very much just to add in the liquid. So it's not, you know, a huge issue what you use. Whereas the cakes, the soy milk is generally sort of the egg replacement. And that's really important. I remember one time my friend Allison, who ran a vegan bakery for a long time, told me that most places, not cakes, but a lot of times when a recipe calls for plant milk or milk, you can just use water. And my mind was blown, but it is. Yeah, it's like you're adding moisture and you're doing it as milk and you think it's going to make it extra creamy. But in a lot of cases, you can't tell the difference. Not, not cakes, not anything that needs to rise. But I was my mind was blown by that. Yeah, yeah, massively. It is crazy, isn't it? That like extra liquid is really necessary, but it is just liquids. While I was searching through your book, there were some ingredients that I know are common ingredients, but not 
really common in my own kitchen. And I'd love for you to talk about what they are and the purpose of them. And some of those include cream of tartar and agar agar. Let me know if I said that incorrectly. Agar agar, I think. Yeah. So basically cream of agar agar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So cream of tartar, basically, I'm not sure if it is in all of my supermarkets around me. It's basically helps you whip up the aquafaba. Um, You add it in and it does whip up so much better. I never don't really use that. Um, I'm not 100% of the science behind it. But that's basically all I use it for in those aquafaba recipes. So if you are just doing things like cakes and stuff, it's not necessary. But that I'm hoping you would be able to find supermarkets around you because it's in everywhere. It's usually, if you are looking for it, near where you get the baking powder, that kind of thing, in like a little tub. But for agar agar, that is the one thing. It's only mustn't use it in a very few recipes because that is not the most supermarket friendly some supermarkets you might find it but i usually just do buy it online just because it's generally a bit cheaper and that is basically a vegan version of gelatin um so it's just like a stabilizer so in like the lemon meringue pie i do I'll possibly use it uh, yeah yeah i do so the agar agar wouldn't be a disaster you know if like people didn't use that it just stabilizes the meringue so yeah, that's probably the nichest ingredient in there, but online, you should be able to get it anywhere. Freya, I used agar agar trying to make jello shots one time. Like I was trying to create a jello shot recipe and I must have made 12 different versions of jello shots using agar agar and none of them worked. And I just gave, I was like, forget this. <laughs> it can't happen. And online, there's no good foolproof recipes because I tried them all and they're, they don't work. So one day... <laughs> <laughs> did, they, did they just not set? Because the one thing you've got to make sure um, whatever liquid you're putting it into, it like reaches boiling point. It has to boil. Otherwise, it will not, never set. Yeah. Sometimes they'd set. Sometimes they'd set too hard. Sometimes they'd be <sighs> too loose. But to get something that... Because like for a jello shot, you're supposed to put the whole thing in your mouth and just like suck it down. <laughs> <laughs> and so to get anything that could in any way remotely pass as what like normal gelatin would do for that purpose, I just couldn't nail it. But maybe one day you will find this recipe. <laughs> you will create this recipe. That's so funny. Good. I mean... I'll add that to my list and then I'll send it over. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Okay. Do you have any other tips for just things that people, things that you've learned in baking or tips for both beginner or expert bakers that they may not know already? I think those generally are my key tips. I always say about the soy milk. I always say, I don't know what about the shops around you, but one of my biggest tips is people looking for be- vegan butter. We have a thing that's a block that literally is called baking block. And it's so cheap. It's like one of the cheapest things that's accidentally vegan. And it's basically just like vegetable fat. And that works amazing. So I always say that instead of people trying to splash out on really expensive vegan butter. I think like my biggest thing is like just don't be too like disheartened because I think it is very much trial and error. And people kind of find find what they love while they're doing it. You know, there'll be some like vegan things that you really like. Like I know a lot of people love the whole vegetable cake type thing, which is not massively a bit of me, but I think there's so much room to play around with it. So yeah, don't be disheartened if things don't work out first time. That's a really good tip. After doing the show, sort of went from being a normal person 
you're still a normal person, but (laughs) now you are this worldwide celebrity that like an instant idol to vegans everywhere, especially vegans who love baking. Um, How did it feel to like step out of the situation? Did you just get flooded by me? I mean, I know I must, I think when I was watching you the first time, I was like, I need to find her on Instagram. I need to send her a message and just be like cheering, even though it's after the fact. Like, did you get a swarm of messages? Did you like, how did it go after, after the show on that front? Oh, that's honestly so sweet. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I did get quite a lot of messages still now of people, you know, saying they love the show because it's always random because it comes out in like different countries at random times. So I'll have somebody from like Canada being like, oh, it's just come out. But yeah, it just, I just felt really like overwhelmed with like joy and love from people. And it's so amazing to still get messages all the time. People being like, you inspired me to go vegan or like vegetarian or or even just try a little bit of it. You know, I'm never saying anybody needs to like fully commit. But yeah, it was just like so exciting. I love it now. You know, I love being able to like share these things with like a little platform of people. And I hope I can carry on the career for the rest of my life because I'm just obsessed with it. So what is next for you? You have one cookbook, baby. Do you have more books in your heart? Do you actually, Bea, who's on the World of Vegan team, she also loves the show and she's a big fan of yours. And she specifically wanted me to ask you if you have ambition to ever open a vegan bakery or restaurant. She said she would be your biggest customer. (laughs) So what's next? Like, what do you see in your future? Oh, that's honestly so sweet. I mean, I have so many more cookbooks in my heart. Like I want to write more. After I wrote that one, I was like, next. And I keep saying to my publisher, I'm like, I want to write more. Uh, But I try not to get ahead of myself because I am one of them people. I overestimate my abilities at life, to be honest. I'm like, yes, I want to do everything. I'd love to like write for some magazines. That's like a big goal of mine. I'm just so passionate about the job. I want to do everything. I love doing food festivals. I've been doing loads of them this summer and I've got quite a few more coming up because I love that when people come over and like ask loads of questions and they get really excited about it. I'd love to come over to America. That's like, I, me and Lizzie keep talking about it because I think it'd be amazing to like meet some people over there. But yeah, hopefully there's um, so many more things in the pipeline. That's so exciting. I remember actually... So for our book, The Friendly Vegan Cookbook, the person who wrote the foreword is Chloe Coscarelli. And she had won Cupcake Wars as a vegan contestant. And it was like groundbreaking at the time because you never saw vegan contestants on these shows. And so it's been so cool, cool seeing her, like where she went from there over the, gosh, it's probably been a decade plus at this point. But she's done so many amazing things and written cool books and... um just to take in her passion that started also, I think she was in college too, and turned it into something that's just kind of changed the world. And it's so cool that you're at the relative beginning of this journey and you have like all of the future ahead of you to do really cool things. So I really cannot wait to see all the things that come next. We'll be here cheering you on the whole way. Oh, she sounds amazing. I'm going to have to message her and be like, you sound incredible. I'm going to have to watch that as well. But yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. Hopefully there are lots more exciting things. Do you think we will ever see a fully vegan Great British Bake Off show? I really wholeheartedly hope that you do. I hope I can be there to judge it, be there to support everybody and push it. 
but we might be getting ahead of ourselves here unless you know some people that can help me set it up. (laughs) You know what? You reminded me so much of Tony when you were like, I just think I can do all the things. And I say yes to all the things like that is totally the Tony mentality. And I'm over here being like, hold back. You're going to be so stressed over and overwhelmed. But I'm telling you, she just makes it happen and achieves so much because of it. So yeah, dream big (laughs) and chase those dreams. Thank you. Yes. I, I I also felt like, yeah, I totally get that. Like nodding my head <laughs> over here as you're talking, but I feel like if you love what you do and you just live and breathe it, it doesn't even feel like work. And so for me, it provides me a full heart and a full soul and not burnout while, while other people in their jobs may feel like, oh my gosh, that's too much because they have they have a, a lot of different things that make their heart full. Uh, this for me is what makes me the most passionate. So I feel like I, I get what you're saying. And it probably, I imagine, feels very similar, similarly for you that like what a dream it is to bake, share your passion, share um, your morals and ethics with a huge platform. Oh yeah, I just absolutely don't feel like this is my job half the time. I'm like, how is this my job? Um, And that's why I just hope I'll be able to do it forever. Because yeah, I agree. Once you're really passionate about something, it just becomes like pure joy. And I just love it. Amazing. Do you have any last words you'd love to share with our audience or baking challenges or anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, no, just uh, thank you all so much for listening. And I always post loads of different recipes on my social media, which is like Freya Cox underscore as well as my new book that's coming out. So yeah, really appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll make sure to plug your book on our show notes and also include your social media. So anybody who wants to learn more about vegan baking can learn it from you. Thank you so much, Freya, for coming on the show. We really appreciate all that you're doing and can't wait to see how the rest of your career unfolds. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And a quick reminder to check out Caraway's beautiful non-toxic kitchenware at carawayhome.com. Right now, you can take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase. And this deal won't last long. So be sure to visit carawayhome.com to shop for this holiday season. Thanks, Caraway. I loved chatting with Freya. I think it's so cool to see someone who has a huge platform, who's been on television, who has received a lot of acclaim and success, be so down to earth and friendly. And she just had such a warm personality. And I really appreciated that. And I also, as a person who is a very novice baker, I I learned a lot and I hope to try my hand at aquafaba and introduce things like cream of tartar cream of tartar michelle cream of tartar tartar. yeah is it is it cream of tartar or cream of tartar i think cream of tartar but okay it sounds like really official to say cream of tartar tartar it sounds like really (laughs) i like that better the cool way to say it so cream of tartar and i hope to include some of those in my upcoming baking testing while I just try new things. It's it's not easy for me. And so this kind of episode really helps. 
Yeah, I also had a big takeaway with the eggs because I always use ground flax seeds in water as my egg replacer. That's my go-to. And so I'm really I'm really curious to start playing around more with milk and apple cider vinegar or whatever. So lots of tips. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and we encourage you to have fun exploring with baking in your own kitchen. We'll of course link Freya's book in the show notes and we'll also link a handful of Tony's favorite baking recipes and my favorite baking recipes that you can print off easily online from both worldofvegan.com and plantbasedonabudget.com and food sharing vegan now. So we will link our absolute favorite must must makes and I hope you'll flag them, print them off and save them and bake them for many seasons to come. So we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We love you a lot and we will talk to you in the next one. Bye. Thank you. Bye.